Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Alexander-Inman, parent coach, here today with Ms. Gloria Scoggins. <laughs> this is our cheering for you. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Gloria Scoggins is a um, native of Richmond, California, where she learned from her mother about the world of real estate from a Black woman's perspective and interwove that into her own 45-year career as a leader in the field of education. Like her mother, Gloria has been an advocate for justice and equity in her community and throughout California, both in her work as an educator and as a leader in community programs focused on education. She is the author of Through a Trail of Tears, a family story of generational wealth, which details her mother's story and is available everywhere books are sold. Welcome, Miss Gloria. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome. Now, you've done so much. Your life sounds like it's, you know, it's just such an honor of your mom. You know, she's taught you so much. So please tell us about your mom. And, you know, like we mentioned briefly before, our parents model the way that we should behave. So tell us about your mom and what she modeled for you. My mother was very firm, but fair. She was determined to right any wrong she saw, especially in the real estate industry. And she provided opportunities for Blacks to acquire property and always taught healthy money habits. Wow. And how did, which is amazing because so money is such a taboo thing. You know, my mom was an amazing saver, but she never taught me about money. She never taught us you know, how to do it and what to do with it, even though she managed it so well. So how did your mom translate all that information to you? Like, how did you learn these skills? Um, because my mother was into real estate, whenever clients would come to her, she would always talk about saving your money, um, not getting credit cards, keeping a good credit score. That was her message to everyone. And so from that, I learned the power of money, having our own money for emergencies, for splurging on things that we want, but not using credit cards. And I think my mother's main objective was to provide opportunities for black migrants to California to create generational wealth. She was all about creating generational wealth. Wow, amazing. Now, did she explicitly tell you all these things or did you just learn through observing her? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm an only child. And I was always by my mother's side. Whenever she went to business meetings, whenever she was talking to clients, she didn't have babysitters. I was always there listening and learning. And I think that is so important in today's world for our children to understand 
how to make money work for us, that they understand it's it's about saving money and growing money to purchase those things that we desire in life. So true, because so many of us go into so much debt, you know, especially yeah. with school loans and all of that. And so life gets started in a field of debt. Yes. You know, which is so, it's it's tragic. Like, how did you manage that? Because you went to, you know, you sought higher education, right? How did you manage that? I had my share of loans. I had my share of credit cards, even though I knew my mother's philosophy and training, I still got involved in those things. But because the values that she taught me was ingrained, I quickly learned to try to pay off those loans as quickly as possible. I quickly learned that credit cards are not a gift. They are a burden, they can hurt us. So it's it's a process of learning. And I think many of us have experiences are just in our struggles in life. We may get credit cards, we may get loans, but change our trajectory and pay off those debts, pay off those students loans. Don't ignore them, they're not gonna go away. They're gonna hurt us. They're gonna hurt us in our journey to create generational wealth. They're gonna hurt us in our future. Wow, that is so powerful because, you know, it's funny that you said that because I was, um, there was somebody I was listening to recently and this, I guess somebody had mentioned talking, you know, the fact that, well, the loans will go away. They don't, you know, they really don't. And they affect your credit. Yes. 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 And, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think we understand how, how negatively they credit cards, credit scores affect our ability to, to live a comfortable life, mm. you know, and, and impulse spending. That's another thing that my mother really taught me was don't do impulse spending, you know, spend and live a comfortable life within your means. And that's hard because with my children and my grandchildren, I see them do impulsive spending, you know, and it just, it's an experience that I guess we all go go through, but my focus is on creating generational wealth. And I think that, that we have to change our mindset. We have to start teaching our children early on the value of saving money instead of getting into debt. Right. And how early does that start? Because I, I too believe that's really important, but how early do you start teaching children about money? As soon as possible. And I think children develop at different uh, ranges, but as a parent, you know, when your children can comprehend what you're trying to teach. And at an early age, children get allowances or they get little part-time jobs or they may get bonus money for a birthday or Christmas present, but save some of that money. I mean, spend some, but save a portion of it and, and start, start growing that mindset of, of being a habit of saving money. 
Wow. Yes. 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 So, for, so as soon as they start getting that allowance, they need to understand that some of it definitely needs to be saved. Like, do, would you ascribe a percentage or just as long as they save something? I say as a child, as long as they save something. And that's interesting. In the 50s, when I was in elementary school, we had banks come in and, and offer savings account for every student in the class in elementary school. So in a Black community, you had children saving money. And then we were taught how to save. And I don't think that exists anymore. I don't know. And I've been an educator and a teacher and a principal, but that was golden for us to get that mindset early on of saving money. And, and a lot of us saving money for a bike or saving money for a gift for a, a loved one, but we were in that mindset and we talked about it. Yes. Wow, so it wasn't, yes, it wasn't so taboo back then. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Because, you know, we hear so much about, you know, you talk about wealth and we hear so much, especially, you know, religion tells us how filthy money is and what we, you know, we shouldn't want money. And here you are talking about creating generational wealth. Like, how do we fight those two? How do we navigate or negotiate those two? And I think individuals have different goals. Mm -hmm. Some people want to acquire generational wealth. Yes. Some people just want to, they don't, they're not concerned about creating generational wealth, but they too need to live a comfortable life. Yes. They too need to plan for their future. Um, we were talking about my mother and Alzheimer's. Well, that's an expensive taking care of her. And what one out of four Blacks are going, may acquire Alzheimer's and you live for years. You may live for years with that. But mm -hmm. I think you may not be interested in creating generational wealth, but you need to look about your future and always being able to live a comfortable life within your means. Yep. So important because, you know, all of us are paying somebody to live somewhere, somehow, you know, yes. in some way, right. Whether that's a mortgage or rent or, yes. you know, um, it's costing us. Yes. It's costing us. So what is like, how do you define generational wealth? Generational wealth to me is education, you know, Gaining a marketable skill or a sound education. It's having the opportunity to get the best health care you can. Generational wealth is knowledge. Generational wealth is understanding our ancestors' struggles and building on that. Generational wealth is acquiring generational wealth and expanding on it. That's that's important. Whatever we acquire through generational wealth, let's expand on it in the future by teaching our children the history, the struggles, right? Yes, yes. And I think that is so key, looking at the past to say, hey, listen, our ancestors, our ancestors with the limited resources they had manage this. Now let's take that. And like you said, expand on it. Let's grow it. Let's, you know, and maybe we can help other people in the process, right? 
Yes. Yes. And I think it's important. Uh, a lot of us never learned how to work with money, good, healthy money habits, because our parents were in the day-to-day -day struggle. So they didn't have money to really invest or to, you know, so they never had those conversations with us. And I think that's key that we need to have those conversations early on with our children. Mm -hmm. And it's a conversation most families don't have until there becomes a conflict. And then those many issues come and it comes with anger and it comes with pain. But if we start talking about it early on, I think that is, is so powerful for prosperity, for family health, family unity. Yes. Wonderful. Now you talk about, you know, teaching parents. So what, I mean, teaching children, these lessons, what are three lessons that every parent should teach their kids? The value of saving money. Mm -hmm. um, how not to impulse spend. And I know that sounds challenging, but I think I've gone to stores and I've seen children want something off the shelf yeah. and they'll have a, a tantrum because they want that. But at some point, that's part of the learning process that we can't spend impulsively. You know, let's let's save some money. Let's let's get it. But let's go through some. Save some money to get it. Gotcha. So instead of just immediately purchasing what you want when you want it, you save for that particular reason. Yes. And you have that conversation with your children. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So that's part of, you know, so whether it be their birthday money or whatever it is, part of their allowance, their saving. So are they only saving? Would you encourage them just to save for that thing? Or is there also like a long-term spending um, account as well? Like how many savings accounts should a child have? And I think it depends on the age because we could be talking about elementary, middle school, high school, young adults. So it depends on the age of the child. But I think as early as possible, start having that conversation about saving money. And as the child gets older, they may get a part-time job or they may be young adults, but that conversation has to be ongoing. Gotcha. Yes. Alrighty. So we've had the two. So saving and then not impulse spending. And then the other lesson. And the other lesson would be to understand the concept of how many works. And that's a, that's a high school that credit cards, um, loans, those are not good things for our children to get involved with. Mm -hmm. And on, when I was in college, along the campus, there were always stands with, you can get this credit card, you can get that credit card, or receiving, oh, you've been selected for this credit card, congratulations. And sometimes when you are in the moment, oh, I need a new dress. Oh, I want to take a trip. You you buy into it and yeah. you end up paying double 
what the dress is going to cost because you have that interest rate experience and it's damaging your credit score. That is true. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause, and some of these interest rates are like 20 something percent. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And I think with young adults, they don't really understand how interest rates work and the damage they're doing for their future. Yeah, so true, so true. Now, is there a way, is it different? Having a conversation with daughters about money, is that different than having a conversation with sons about money? I have with my daughters and granddaughters. I always talk to them about getting a sound education or marketing skills, mm -hmm. setting goals for their career, saving money and living comfortably within their means. And I have that same conversation with my son and they're married, you know, they have children of their own. But with my daughters and as an educator, I've always strive to provide opportunities for girls to participate in leadership activities to build their self-confidence. So I think with my girls, I'm more, I've always reached out to community organizations specifically for girls to provide them leadership skills, public speaking, decision-making, problem-solving, building their confidence. I didn't do that so much with my son, but I think that's so important because girls need to be understand they are strong. Yes. They can be very bold and determined, but we have to inspire that, encourage that, model that. Yes. And that's sad that, you know, in a, it, today there is still not equity in the workplace, yes. you know, yes. for uh, men and women, men are still being paid more and they're still in the jobs that are considered more high powered, you know, the C-suite people. So yes. I think, yeah, that's pretty awesome that you empower your daughters and your granddaughters that way. Yes. That is so important. And their confidence, their confidence, I mean, I think as young girls, they have certain fears. And so we have to recognize what those fears are and build that confidence wherever that is. And the only way we can know that is have those conversations with them. Yes. 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 So important. Because again, you know, I just, it just saddens me the taboo around money and you know we don't talk about it we don't do this we don't do that and it's and then what happens because I mean without money we'd be naked right because yes. <laughs> we couldn't yes. buy clothes you know we wouldn't have a roof yeah. over our heads and yeah. um, I think it's so important to remove that taboo and just understand it's you know it's something that we use in exchange for something that we desire or need yes and just to live a comfortable life, whatever a comfortable life is for you, right. you have to somehow be able to support yourself. Yes. And having a job or having a marketable skill 
It's the only way we can do that. And I've heard some people say money doesn't motivate me, but it may not motivate you, but you have to have a passion or interest in something that's going to maintain your comfortable lifestyle. Absolutely. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to live comfortably. We all want to not have to worry about where our next meal is coming from or how we're going to pay the electric bill. Yes. Yes. So Ms. Gray, tell us a little bit about your book. Oh, my book is a journey of seven generations uh, acquiring generational wealth. I always go back to creating generational wealth Mm -hmm. because my journey, the journey begins with my great ancestors walking through a trail of tears with their Native American slave masters. And as a result of becoming Creek freedmen, they were allocated acres of land in Dakota, Oklahoma. And those acres of land is where my grandmother raised my mother and her siblings by farming, by working the land, mm-hmm. by selling the produce they were growing on their land. And I think that was the seed that made my mother become an entrepreneur and understand the value of generational wealth, of property land ownership and how you can make that successfully provide for your family. And so when she came, when they migrated to California um, during World War II and she got into real estate and the discrimination, the redlining, the mm-hmm. obstacles Blacks faced upon arrival to Richmond, California, she became an advocate especially for black women to be able to rent or become homeowners, whatever whatever their goal was, all the time teaching them good money habits. And as a result of that, the black community in Richmond, the black communities in Richmond thrived, flourished. We had black businesses, but that is not the case today. And that's why it's so important to have this conversations about healthy money habits, about changing our, our mindset and teaching our children. Because in California, Blacks are very few. I mean, the population of Blacks in California is maybe 6%, 10%. I'm not sure exactly, but it's very low. And, relationship to other races Mm -hmm. and we're struggling you know we're struggling with education our our black test scores are not where they should be I mean they're maybe the lowest performing Um, blacks attending colleges low percentage at this point compared to when I was growing up but then I grew up during affirmative action time Mm -hmm. so that made a difference when we when affirmative action opened its door we swam as quick as we could to get education, to get jobs when those opportunities, but that opportunity is no longer there. Yeah. And that's really sad because we know too that the neighborhood you live in dictates the quality of education that you have, yes. which also, you know, for the most part, I mean, yes, we have outliers, but for the most part um, it does. And then of course the type of jobs you're going to get. 
So it's really important that we wake up and understand yes. that, you know, it is so important that we handle ourselves in a fiscally um, responsible way yes. so that we can, you know, provide for the, ourselves and the, our future generations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Now, Miss Gloria, if there's one thing you want people to leave this moment with, what would that be? I think I think that living a comfortable life within our means mm -hmm. and within our means and saving money for our future. Saving money for our future, for our children, for anything that any twist and turn that comes our way with challenges where we need financial help. Let's use our own money, but we have to save our money. We have to save, and we may have to change our lifestyle to some degree. Some of the things that we're spending money on, if you really put the pen to the paper and evaluate, is that something we could do without? No, if it's that $20 we put into a, a savings account, Yes, wow. awesome. and, and and I think our, I think that it it has to start with our children. We have to start having these conversations with our children early on to change the way things have been going. Blacks have lost millions of dollars in generational wealth, mm -hmm. millions of dollars in California. We have blacks fighting for property that's been lost or taken away from them in some way. And I want to share a story with you in my book. And this is a story that's been passed on. It's a quick story. But um, this has been passed on generational. Um, one of our relatives in Oklahoma had been allocated acres of land. So he sold portions of his acres for a horse and the most beautiful saddle any family member had ever seen. Everybody was raving about this beautiful saddle. Not long after he had done that, the horse died oh. and he had no use for his saddle. Now that's powerful to me because sometimes we are buying things for instance, a car and the car breaks down and then we don't have the money to get the car fixed. You know, so it's like, let's make some better decisions. Let's make some sound decisions and really just hold on to what we have and expand on what we have. Yes. Yeah, so invest in something that will last, something sustainable instead of something that's fleeting. Yes. So that we can um Build that wealth. Yes. Awesome. So if it's not going to make you any money, don't spend it. Well, I mean, unless, yes, we can, like you said, we can save for something that we want, but for the most part, we yes. want to, we want to invest as opposed to spend. Yes. And, and I think that we do deserve 
to spend money on those things that bring us joy and happiness, a vacation. Maybe you've always wanted a beautiful necklace or whatever, whatever you desire, but save the money to buy it. Don't get a credit card. Don't get a loan. Don't refinance your house to go out there and buy a car. Right. You know, save some money for the down payment. And and everyone's struggling right now. Life's a struggle, right? And we're struggling more now than ever before with inflation and, and trying to figure it out on the day to day. But we can do it. Yeah. But it, it's a change of our mindset, our way of thinking. And we will make mistakes. We will make, we will have those mistakes we make. But if we have already made those mistakes and we recognize that we are overspending, we are in debt, let's take some time, put the pencil to the paper and see where we need to cut back. What can we do without for a couple of years to pay off some of those debts? Ooh, such yes. and, and then we're modeling for our children. We're modeling for our children, right? Because while we're doing that, we're, we're saying, oh, look at this. I have this much money and I'm spending this. We need to cut back. Mm-hmm. Have your child at the table listening. They, they can listen and learn more than we really understand. They're really more than they we think they can comprehend yes. just by us talking to them. Absolutely. And I mean, we know this because they'll come back and tell us what we said, you know, later yes. on. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were saving your money, right? <laughs> with a new purse. Hey, I thought you were saving your money. And I love it. That's good. Yeah. That's what we want. Yes. 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 Awesome. Wow. So thank you so much, Ms. Laurie. I really appreciate you being here and sharing this information. I really hope people have been listening and will put that pen to the paper, take some notes and apply these principles because they're very important. We can't keep going from, you know, paycheck to paycheck and that because they say um, every American is what, two paychecks away from being homeless? That should not be. Yes. Yes. And another part of that is I've read recently that the average households are overspending. Mm. No, the average household are overspending. So we're not alone alone in this. This is a challenge that we're all facing. And it's everyone should put the paper to the pencil. I put the paper to the pencil just to make sure I am on the direction that I'm trying to go. Yeah, yeah. Because when you see it, it makes it more real. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It really the reality kicks in when you put pencil to paper and look at those numbers, yeah. and and have some goals, have some set goals that you want to acquire. Yes, yes. yes. I think it was. Um, oh, I forget his name now. Nightingale, Earl Nightingale, who said, "Not having a goal is like a ship." with its engine on just in the harbor going aimlessly, who knows where it's going to land? Yes, that's very true. That's very Um, true. Yes, yes. Uh, Thank you. Any last words before we sign off? I've just just enjoyed the conversation and I hope your listeners uh, value the principles that I shared and, and, Get something out of it. 
Yes. I'm sure they will. And honestly, if it's just one person, it was worth it because it's, you know, this is important information and one person trickles to another person. So, yes. So thank you. And I've been taking notes. So um, I've got them all here and I can watch this again as often as I want. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. And have a beautiful day. Thank you so much, Ms. Gloria. I really appreciate you being here and to our audience. Thank you for listening. Please take notes. And I hope you enjoy this um, episode on Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Parent with Confidence.